What's up, everybody? I'm Owen's opponent. My name's Cole Conn. And this is episode one of The Panther Pod. So, here on The Panther Pod, we're just going to kind of go into it. Football season's right around the corner, and uh, yeah, so let's just get into it. So, first up is going to be kind of our open segment. So, we're going to kind of start off with open segment. Here, we'll read some of your questions, and by the end of the show, we'll read the other half of the questions as well and comments. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get everything going for you, um, kind of give you a recap of the previous week. Since this is our first episode, um, obviously, you know, there's not going to be any kind of recap this week. Um, but from... In future weeks, we will kind of recap the previous week's events. Uh, if there's anything, any updates on any storylines, um, anything like that, we'll go ahead and give that to you uh, during the segment here. All right. So first question is from my girlfriend. So earlier this week, I put out, um, or we, no, I should say I, we put out a post on Instagram and on um Twitter, asking y'all to comment, give us some suggestions of what y'all want to hear, and just questions for us to read. So, we're going to start off with questions here. Um, so, this is from Sarah Ellis, from our story. She's not, <laughs> she she is not huge into sports, but I love her to death. So, um, her question is, Legally Blonde versus Legally Blonde 2, who came out on top? Oh, Legally Blonde one, obviously. I mean, that's the start of everything. Um, Reese, Witherspoon, uh, Reese Witherspoon absolutely killed it in that movie. I honestly think if you take Legally Blonde one versus uh, any other uh, rom com, it'll hold up. Because I mean, you look is at Mean Girls. Is it a rom com? I mean, technically, it's more of a comedy than it is a rom-com. Yeah, but musical, we'll whatever. Um, I don't know. I've only watched Legally Blonde 2, and so yeah. You've never seen the original? No, and that, I'm, that's Sarah's fault. Bend and snap, man. Come on. What are you doing? <laughs> Sarah Ellis, what are you doing to this man? She made me watch Legally Blonde 2 just because she likes Legally She likes both of them. I don't know which one she likes better. She's not going to be happy I said that, but she'll be alright. Um, I can always edit it out. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and then her second question is, is, her second question is, is Elle Woods prettier as a platinum highlight or a honey highlight blonde? No idea what the difference is. Um, I say honey highlight blonde, but that's just me. I think uh, any kind of platinum highlight looks too silvery. Uh, but again, that's just my opinion. Okay. Um, and then a comment from Andrew Moss, go Bridgewater. <laughs> uh, go Bridgewater. That's that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's all I'm that's all about it. it. Yeah. Um, we okay. talked about Legally Blonde more than we've talked about college football as of this very moment. I just want that in our listeners and viewers' minds. Okay, now switching gears to football and sports. Uh, so this is going to go on with the open segment. So we're going to primarily talk about college football, Ferrum, ODAC, and D1. Um, but some NFL news, Cam Newton has been released from the Patriots, which was quite the shocker for me. I don't know about you, but... I mean, honestly, I don't think Mac Jones is ready for uh, a starting role. Granted, I didn't know. Um, I didn't see any of the preseason game. I don't watch preseason, so... I think he is going to be a solid option uh, for the Pats. Mm -hmm. I do not think he is going to be the second coming of Tom Brady. And I don't... 
Honestly, I don't think while Belichick is still coaching, they're not going to find a second or uh, a second coming. I don't see another Tom Brady for a while. I really don't. Oh, um, it's going to be a while. It'll be a long while. Um, so Mac Jones named the starter, uh, and this goes into West Virginia news. QB Will Greer, quarterback Will Greer, with the Panthers, who was battling out battling out the backup position with PJ Walker, um, has been waived from the Panthers, but now is the backup quarterback to Dak Prescott on America's team, the Cowboys. Boo! Boo! <laughs> the Saints fan. Boo! I don't. I don't watch NFL. I really have no interest. Never really had any interest. I'm always been that college guy, um, but Cowboys suck. I've always been told that the Redskins were the devil and Cowboys were angels. Cowboys suck. Rob Sanders, <laughs> you're listening. Cowboys suck. The entire Murray uh, family. Cowboys suck. <laughs> anyway, that concludes uh, um, that's, that segment. That's me. that's the open segment. Yes. Okay. So this week. Um, ODAC released their rank. It was either this week or last week. ODAC has released their rankings for football. And unfortunately for Farum, I get it. I get it. Farum is ranked sixth six in the preseason poll just above Guilford. So they're second to last. But, I mean, I get it. They're, I mean, Cleve Adams is first-year head coach. Second season, but this is his first year. Um, you know, they had that weird, like, half season over in the spring, and now it's going to be finally his full season with the Panthers. So, I I get it. I think they'll be good. I've heard a lot of hype around Cleve Adams. You know, he he played under legend, legendary coach Hank Norton. He's He uh, just came off of his job from Averett, which, by the way, is game one of the season. So We're very excited about that here at the Panther Pod. Uh, we'll kind of we'll, – We'll, we'll spend a little time on that uh, here in a little bit. And, you know, last season it wasn't too bad under head coach Cleef Adams. They The Panthers went 2-3 and three over a five-game stretch, which isn't terrible, which isn't terrible compared to some teams who didn't even win a game, um, which, I am I mean, I'm perfectly fine with that. And the fact that, like, hey, that's your head coach, that's first season in a weird time, two wins is a win. You know, that's oh, – that's for sure. I mean, no one could have seen um, all the impacts of what – you know, the craziness of last oh, yeah. year had to bring not even COVID, just an insane time. Yeah. And then you're, um, you know, the head coach just bounces out. Yeah. Well, that and two wins, I think, is more enough. Uh, he deserves all the credit in the world yes. for taking that job in the first place because, I mean, one, you're trying to install a new offensive system, um, two, you're doing it during the spring. Um, which is going to bring a whole litany of other problems. Um, yeah, you're still, you're still dealing with the previous coaching staffs. Like it's yeah. and, and, you know, and I feel like when people say, "Oh, the head coach leaves," what's the big deal or something like that? But no, it's like the head coach leaves, and so does his entire coaching staff. Oh, Off, for sure. uh, his offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, special teams coach, cornerbacks coach, DBs coach. You know, it's just everybody just jumps ship. Now some stay, some stay. They really do, but. Um, you know, it's just it's a whole it's a whole rebuild. So I get it. Firm's in a rebuild kind of situation. Um, so I get the rankings. And last year, last year they didn't do too bad. Um, you know, finished out two and three. I think they were one and three in home games. I think yeah. Last season. Last season. Yes, yeah, so they had they had they had one home game, and 
They they won one home game and then they won one away game, which isn't terrible, especially out of the five game stretch. Yeah, I mean, especially considering, like we said, first year head coach, you're trying to install a new offensive system. Uh, you're trying to get all your veteran players who played under the previous coach. Um, like we were saying, um, you have all the previous players um, who played under the previous head coach who's been used to uh, your offensive coordinator's system for the past, I mean, I don't know, like 12 years or so uh, at Ferrum. Um, so two wins, you know, especially with – It's respectable. Yeah, for sure. Like, not, I mean, it's not a winning season. Don't get us wrong. We're not excited that oh, we had a losing season, you know. Oh, yeah. But, but we do have returning players, especially on the offense. Um, Titus Jones coming in at quarterback, a stud, a stud at quarterback. 100%. He's got you know his senior wide receivers to uh, lean on. Actually, going back on the head coach, so one of the I go to Farm, so one of the football players is actually in my class, and I was talking to him, and I said, how how is the coach? You know, like head coach. And yeah, he goes. He said, "Yeah, no, no, no. I, I like him and all, but he's 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 always at a ten, man. Like he's hyped, he's ready to go. Which I mean, get the juice, get the juice flowing. Hashtag Bam, be a man. The whole, you know, the whole nine yards that he's oh, yeah, brought out. Sure. So he's bringing a whole new culture, a culture to Farum. I like it. He seems like a nice guy. Um, so yeah, I'm excited with, especially with Titus Jones, a quarterback, senior, leading that offense. I'm excited. He did well last year. Um, mobile can hang in the pocket." I'm excited. Yeah, especially with um, the new head coach trying to install. Um, you know, I, I personally I don't have access to the Farron playbook. Shockingly, <laughs> um, but if if it were me, I would try and install a Averett style offensive system, um, which is what he's familiar with. Um, so having that mobile QB presence will uh, hopefully play itself into that style of offense. So you know, and he plays against Averett as his first game. So it's two first year co- first year head coaches at their schools, and, and so they're going to finally meet up, which is going to be kind of a nice trip. I feel like for Cleve, oh that, for sure, you know, for Coach Adams sure. down memory lane. But um, I mean, I wouldn't even call it a revenge game. No, I, I think. Uh, Coach Cleve. Maybe has, for Averett it is. Maybe for Averett, but at the same time, I don't think there were that many hard feelings in that parting. Um, but it, it'll still be interesting, uh, for sure, for Ferrum and for Averett fans mm-hmm. both. Um, especially with Averett uh, joining ODAC in 2022. Yes, very excited of, about that. Uh, give a lot of previews for uh, the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Um, and ODAC also came out with, you know, we were talking about the rankings. Mm-hmm. Number one, so we're going to go through these of, hold on, let me find them here. I think number one was Randolph-Macon. Uh, yeah, so. Shocking. They won the conference last year. Um, one team that I am looking that I think will do well is Washington and Lee. They didn't play last year. They chose not to play. Um, so they didn't play last year. But my, I think at the end of the year, I think it's going to be Randolph Macon, Hamden Sydney, and Washington and Lee. Now, I think for that third place, Bridgewater and Washington and Lee. Yeah, I could for sure see Bridgewater uh, splitting the, um, the third place. Yeah. 
Uh, that'll for sure come down to uh, the games in between Bridgewater and Washington Lee. Uh-huh. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting season. It'll be an interesting series between the two teams to uh, see who gets that third place award. Because ultimately, I think they're gonna finish with similar records. That's just a prediction for me. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if you agree with that or not. But I think it'll ultimately come down to uh, that Washington and Lee and uh, Bridgewater game to determine who's going to be third place in the conference. Yeah, and I mean, or higher. I mean, honestly, like looking at it, I think Randolph Macon. You know, I think I, Randolph Macon have a good chance at winning the conference again this year. Oh, for sure. And see, Fairham opens up conference play um, pretty tough. They start off Randolph Macon. They start off versus Randolph Macon, which is a home game at Bridgewater the next week. Mm. And then you go Shenandoah the next week, which is a home game, and then you go at Hamden Sydney. So you know all you know. You have I'm not going to say Shenandoah is a easy easy game, um, but I'm, it's going to be a little bit easier than Randolph making a Bridgewater and Hamden Sydney. You know the top three of the yeah. conference. So the, the entire month of October is it's it's going to be mm-hmm. a uphill battle. Uh, especially starting out with Randolph Macon, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, if any team can come out and surprise uh, any ODAC fans, Division Three fans, it's for sure Farum. Yeah, um, I think Farum's the dark horse in this and all of this because you, you, and some of you are wondering why why are we not talking about Emory Henry? Emory Henry's out. The, they're leaving the ODAC next year. They're doing some. They're they're still doing some ODAC play, but they're also doing. Um, some division two. They're moving to division two in the southern. It's SAC. I know that. Yeah. I can't. It's the Southern Athletic. The southern Atlantic. Southern Atlantic Conference. Yes, it's the SAC. So they go in with UVA wise and all those guys. Um. So yeah. So they're they're not in the rankings. They're not going to be in the rankings. Um. But you know, Farum does end up with that game at Emory and Henry, the Crooked Road Classic, at the end of the year on November on. Saturday, November 13th at 1 o'clock. So I would love to see Farum walk away from this rivalry with that Crooked Road Classic in hand. Oh, for sure. Like, if we if we don't win a single game this year, or if we don't win any games, that is the one game I want them to win. Like, if I, I, you know, if we lose all the games, I want them to beat Henry and Henry. Oh, for sure. I mean, the last, the biggest morale boost you can possibly get is saying, hey, we just beat this team who's going to Division Two the next year, and we ended with, you know, the Crooked Road Classic Trophy. Yeah. So it's it's for sure going to be an exciting game uh, for both teams, I think, mm-hmm. uh, especially in that matchup. Uh, Emory and Henry have a very long-standing rivalry with uh, Farm. And Emory Henry's not a Emory Henry's not an easy team to beat either. They're not oh, for sure. No, you know if they're anybody who's moving to Division Two, obviously they have done they've poured enough money into their athletics, but also like they've recruited at a high level. Yeah, to get the best players. All credit to the coaching staff as well at Emory and Henry. Um, I know very well that coaching staff runs a very tight ship, um, and I think that's going to be. An interesting game for uh, both teams, mm-hmm. both sides. Unfortunately, it's at Emory and Henry, but I still think Farm can go out and get the win. Two years ago, I was on the opposite side of this. <laughs> for you, those who don't know, who are listening and watching this, I did go to Emory and Henry for about a year, year and a half, yeah. and then COVID hit, and I just stayed home and 
just transferred to Ferrum. So, and I love it at Ferrum. So, a lot better than I did at Emory and Henry. And that's not shot to Emory and Henry. It's just I didn't fit in well over there. But, oh well. Life happens. Life happens. So, then that brings us to, you know, Emory and Henry's leaving. All right. Well, they're the second team out of the ODAC to leave uh, besides Southern Virginia. So, both of those have left. And then you add Averett. Well, that now brings ODAC to an even eight teams, which is nice. Next year, next year will yeah, be the year. will be the even eight teams, um, which is nice. But my question is: is all right? You bring in Averett. Do you want to stick with eight teams, or do you want to bring in more teams for football? Because football, you only have eight teams now. With ODAC entirely, they have I think seventeen athletic programs in the conference. So. Like places like Roanoke College, uh, Lynchburg College, um, those places they don't have a football program. I think they used to. I think Roanoke College used to. Roanoke College for sure used to. Um, and uh, Lynchburg, uni- it's uh, University of Lynchburg, isn't it? Yes. Is it University of Lynchburg or Lynchburg College? University I think Lynchburg. there's two. Okay. So Lynchburg Because there's College. also Virginia University of Lynchburg in there. Okay, yeah, so it's uh, Lynchburg College, I believe. Too many Dagum Colleges for Lynchburg. I mean, you got Liberty. and <laughs> Lynchburg is a sprawling metropolis. <laughs> it's um, just a college town. Yeah, it's it's for sure. Just like, a college town. It's up there with Blacksburg, and mm-hmm. it's it's just getting ridiculous, yeah. honestly. Um, I think Roanoke College would be a good one if they bring back their – I know people – there's Facebook pages and things like that. I know people want the football program to come back at Roanoke College. We'll see if they do. Um, I think eight, you know, you have a pretty good set of teams with, you know, it's not, with eight, you have that top four, which is Randolph, Macon, Bridgewater, Hamden, Sydney, and Washington, and Lee. And then you have that bottom four, which is like Farum, Shenandoah, Guilford, and um, Christopher Newport. And, and then it'll be Averett. Averett will kind of, Averett and Farum are going to be kind of in the middle. So they're, I feel like. I feel like they're going to split. Um, at least starting out. Yeah. Um, and then one program is going to pull ahead of the other one. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it all is going to boil down to uh, who's going to get the better recruiting classes. Who's yeah. Be- I think that can turn into a great rivalry, especially with, you know, with Coach Adams now coming in. And Farham and Danville are only an hour apart, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that can turn into a great rivalry as well. I mean, um, Averitt could replace that Emory and Henry rivalry. It could. It could. Um, I'll see why. It could easily turn into a uh, Crooked Road Classic level of rivalry between yeah. um, Averitt and Ferrum mm-hmm. and Emory and Henry and Ferrum. Yeah. It, it, on, honestly, it could replace that. You know, yeah, and I think we have the commissioner to do it as well. Um, really good, solid commissioner. So good, in fact, that he is now on... <laughs> well, or he is held in high regards. I haven't met the man personally, but he is on the NCAA committee to reconstitute itself. So, I mean, that's... Let me just... Oh, good. <laughs> so, so, here's the thing. I th- please, please explain to me... Um, Ed Orgeron for president of the NCAA committee. Please, please explain to me. I have never. Why do these programs hate the NCAA so much? I thought it was just like, I don't get it. Why? Um. Oh lord, it's the NCAA 
limits so much of what college football could be. I'm not saying that the NCAA should or should not limit what college football could be. Uh, for instance, you know, this year, very popular, uh, they finally allowed uh, NILs, uh, Division One through Division Three. Yes. Um, which I, I personally think is a great idea mm -hmm. um, because it limits shady dealings. Like, look at SMU in uh, the late 80s with Eric Dickerson um, and, you know, the death penalty. Yeah. Like, it's called the death penalty for a reason because SMU still has not been competitive in they, Division One. They're, they're getting there now, though. Oh, for sure. It's... But they're not back to the same level of competing for a national championship, mm -hmm. which, you know, it's the NCAA, in my personal opinion, um, I, I believe should allow a little bit more relaxation, mm -hmm. um, not to the point to where, you know, you have teams like Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, uh, West Virginia, even uh, not to the point to where you are paying your players under the table, which yeah, no, that's allegedly not... has been the system. <laughs> yeah, for God knows how long now. They just were unfortunately the ones that got caught. Yeah, but with the, with this, yeah. Brad Bankston is the ODAC commissioner, so he is on this committee, and here are some of the names that are on this committee as well. Uh, Linda Livingstone, president of Baylor University. Shane Lyons, the, the AD up at West Virginia. Uh, Jared Moorhead, the president of Georgia. Um, and Jim Phillips, commissioner of the ACC. So, I mean, he's all, you know, obviously this man has to be high regarded that the fact that he is representing Division Three football and just Division Three athletics. And, you know, not entirely, mm -hmm. along with a few others, but. You know he it's it, he's the commissioner of the conference. You know, yeah. There's not there's not somebody else from up there. So absolutely. I mean, all all credit to him. Um, I think he's going to do a fantastic job representing mm -hmm. uh, not Division three entirely, but ODAC and being a voice for Division three because ultimately Division three should be considered an alternative to Division one, Division two, um, for viewers' sake. Yeah. Um, because it's, I mean, ultimately it's a game of football. And I think the talent level's there. I think um, Division Three should be more represented than, um, or not more represented, excuse me. It should receive more attention to what it does currently, in my opinion. I think so. I would love to see, like, a tell. Uh, of course, the, like, Division Three doesn't have that money. Most uh, It's most yeah. all private colleges and universities. Oh, for sure. You know, it's not... Emory and Henry is the, you know, I don't know how often or how, it doesn't seem very often um, that a college just jumps to another league. Like, I feel like that takes years and years. And, you know, Emory and Henry has been accredited college since 1836, and they're just now going to um, Division Two football. Yep. Look at programs like Liberty University with the amount of money that Liberty has poured into their athletic program mm -hmm. and credit to them. I mean, they built that program from scratch yep. and are already 
uh, making leaps and bounds in Division One. Mm-hmm. So it's it's tough to compare Division Three and Division One, um, but at the same time, you know. Division three deserves a lot more credit than what it currently gets. It's still good football. I mean, it's oh, still sure. it's still college football. Most of these guys, I feel like, like there are definitely some people, and I, I could be completely wrong about this, but this is just my assumption. I, I feel like there are some guys who are completely and utterly like just talented. D one could go to the NFL, but there's but the, you know they may really enjoy football, but don't want the D one schedule of I've got to be here during the springtime I've got to be doing it over the summertime I don't really get a break until you graduate I get I get that and you know with uh division three or division two football you don't have that such it's still a strenuous schedule being a college athlete but it's not hey I got to sit here during the summertime and do workouts with coach like I have not left Farum, you know, like with West Virginia and LSU, those guys are up there like 24-7, 365 days a year, it seems like. Just about, yeah. You know, so especially if you're, you know, and this is not knocking any other conferences. I know like SEC thinks they created football and whatnot. <coughs> you know what? I can't. Never mind. But especially if you're in a school like. SEC's it, the best. Still bitter over Oklahoma and Texas leaving, but you it's know. the best conference yes let me play cupcake team let, let me play james madison university let me schedule alabama versus james madison university in november during rivalry week when your must-see games are on television honestly i would pay good money to see alabama play jm just because that's just because jm is two hours away from us that's the only reason why i would love to see lsu beat the breaks off of JME. That would be hey, that would be, be amazing. Be care hey, be careful what you wish for because Michigan lost to App State that way when they were still FCS. I mean Georgia almost lost to UL or ULL. Yeah. Well they're not FCS though. They're not FCS, but still. Well look at North Dakota State. How many they could beat Kansas for goodness sake. I mean that's not saying much, but they could beat Kansas and oh, <laughs> in football. I think any college football team in the world and disclaimer I am not hating on them, but I think <laughs> all due respect college, to their basketball program. Yeah, I think any. Oh no, I'm not even going Kansas. Oh. I think any college football program could beat the brakes off of Vanderbilt. It, yes. it's and it's see, Vandy for yeah, and, and we'll get into that later with conference realignment and things like that. Um, but you know, with this reconstituting of the NCAA. What does it mean for college athletics now? Is the, is there going to be an NCAA later on throughout the year? Like like by December rolls around, are they going to have something figured out and say, hey, let's try this? Or are they just going to say, you know what, forget it? Um, I, I think there's always going to be that governing body in place mm-hmm. uh, because ultimately there has to be. If not, you're just going to get uh, like kind of how I was going earlier with uh, big name teams, big money teams. Uh, just throwing sacks and sacks of money at all the top recruits in the country. That's uh, going to leave a lot on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's not going to be enough players to go around because ultimately you have to have somebody there to govern the amount of players you have on your team, um, any kind of recruiting, anything like that. And with the NCAA gone or taking a hiatus until they figure everything out, Ultimately, I think that they always have to be the 
bad guy in that situation. Yeah. And, and, and here's where the NCAA oversteps are bounds. Baylor is a perfect example. So what, what went on at Baylor was, was wrong with all of the sexual assault cases. That, that, is, that's, that needs to be taken to a court of law. That stuff needs to be settled out in court with the actual law. The NCAA has no – unless it was dealing with – unless it dealt with athletics, which I – that's it's a whole muddled thing. I yeah. don't know if it did or not. To my understanding, of the situation, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think the NCAA overstepped their boundaries. Uh, when it, when it comes to you're trying to do academics as well, when you're doing when you're reaching onto college campuses and not just the athletic, the you know the the athletic department. Well, and and here's what I'll say regarding that. Ultimately, these college athletes are college athletes they're they're students first yeah should be and that's why in course now with realignment and everything it's not unfortunately yeah, it's, it's that's not black and white yeah we can see yeah it's not black and white anymore like all right it's a, a college athletics or is it uh or the student athlete is what it was what they're yeah. saying we're it's no longer student athlete it's more like athlete student yeah. or just athlete you know um, but back to the original point. Yeah, I think the NCAA should buckle down and get everything sorted before December. Uh, hopefully, just so that way. I know that was their timeline. I think. Yeah, and hopefully they finish beforehand. Um, obviously, we live in a crazy world right now. There's we've been waiting for Top Gun two for over two years at this point. <laughs> Frankly, I don't know if we're ever going to get it. Um, really upset about that. Um, but that's, sorry, that's <laughs> a little rant, just a little rant right there. Just a baby one. Um, but ultimately, you know, you can never predict, uh, cause life happens. If stuff doesn't get sorted by December, who knows what's going to happen regarding the NCAA. And uh, if there's even going to be a main governing body in college football, I think there always will be a main governing body in college football, but I don't necessarily know what form that could take. Yeah, and I, I think we see that now with um, with the alliance, you know, between the Pac-12, the oh, ACC, sure. and the Big Ten. For sure. You know, I, th- I think we're starting to see that now that, like, it's breaking more so down into a territory system. Yeah. Um, Even though geography doesn't matter anymore. Oh, no. Absolutely not. Unfortunately. Bring He's... back the Southwestern Conference. Um, <laughs> That's, yeah. No, bring uh, bring back the Big East. Please. Please. <laughs> As a West Virginia fan, please, please bring back the Big East. Uh, and I, look... We'll, we'll we'll tackle that later. <laughs> we'll, we'll tackle that later. We'll, we'll tackle he that later on that. Too episode. many words. I have too many words for that. No, but well, you know, with the NCAA, I never, I never had a problem with them. Granted, I never really understood what they did, so therefore I couldn't really have a problem. I just knew they were kind of like this overbearing. You know, the the conferences sort their teams out and everything, and then it's just like almost like the timekeepers from Loki, like. You got the TVA that's kind of sorting stuff out and just mingles the stuff together and whatnot, yeah, and then you got the, you got the timekeepers or the, the heat. Uh, uh, okay, 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 okay. You get the timekeepers. I've seen too. it. Yes. Okay. 
No spoilers. All right, all right, all right. Um, but you got the timekeepers that are just kind of overlooking. I always yeah, thought that was. With, I always thought that with the NCAA is. Um, I don't know. I, it, it would be, it would be nice for situations like what the college football landscape is in right now. It would be nice for the NCAA to have enough power to step up to Greg Sankey and say, "Look, what you did is wrong. Mm-hmm. We can't reverse it now." I mean, you could if you wanted to, but that's going to cost a whole bunch more money. At, at this point, just do just Oklahoma, Texas, just go to the SEC, and we'll figure everything out later. But you know, but but somebody needed to step up to Greg Sankey and be like, "Look, what you did was wrong," and I think that's what everybody's wanting now. Because if nobody steps up, then Greg Sankey's going to step up. Yep. And it's just going to go off from there, you know. So and it's just going to make more of a convoluted mess, which is ultimately why college football needs. Uh, an overbearing presence in it, yeah. Because maybe not overbearing, but just a like a, a like a father figure, mother figure type deal. I mean, cases like Sandusky back at Penn State mm-hmm. and everything yeah. that went down there. You need that kind of uh, presence in your life. You need a governing authority, yeah. Regardless of what it is, um, especially in college football. Where you see so much corruption, especially with like the that. NIL now, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. And yeah, and that's just like the well, the NIL now. Like you need somebody to govern that NIL. I'm all like, I'm all for. All right, you make another NCAA game, which no longer is going to be called NCAA. It's going to be EA College Sports now because or college football because NCAA didn't put their name on it or something went down there. It was a, yeah, but anyways, so it's not going to be like NCAA dumb. 22 or something like that, you know, but everybody's going to still call it NCAA two, you know, whatever. I just want to sling 70 touchdown passes with Joe Burrow. That's all. Game. I want, so, I want, I want Will Greer. I just want to be 15 and now. <clears throat> Go Tigers. Anyway. <laughs> He's going to rub that one in for a while, even though it's been two years. Uh, how long has it been for West Virginia? We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. Mm. If we want to talk about that, you want to talk about Nick Saban? Mm. 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 That's what I thought. Pat White. Pat White was great. We love Pat White. What's wrong with Pat White? How do you do in the NFL? Okay, they put him as a running back instead of a instead of a uh, quarterback. <clears throat> anyway, Whatever. back to the script. Whatever. It's not a script. But... Um, <laughs> Whatever. But with NIL, um, I'm all for players. If they sign something, they make, make, make money off of it. Of the video games, you want to sell jerseys with your name on the back of it. That's of cool. That's fine. Sell pictures, things like that. But when you start bringing in sponsorship deals, yeah. that's that's messy. That's, that's messy. If you're going to bring in a sponsorship deal, then you need to have the whole team. Don't just have – but I don't want sponsorship anyways. You know, football is not sponsorship. I don't want it to be a business. I'm afraid that's what's coming. It's partially the reason why. I don't like NFL. Is it just feels more businessy than it does football? I think that the NCAA with the NIL agreement is treading a very thin line. And don't get me wrong, I am an NBA fan. I love the NBA. Uh, go Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the world. However, I can also see that the NBA is more so about sponsorships than any other league in the planet. Like, you get it a lot in the NFL. It does not compare to the NBA. And I think if the NCAA isn't careful, you are putting a lot of money in 
18-year-olds, 17-year-olds, 18, 19, 20 yeah, uh, up to 21-year-olds' pockets. And if they aren't careful and carefully manage the situation, it could go south really quick. Yeah, and it's not saying that we think all, like, Cole's 22, I'm 20. Like, we just wow, know. you had to think about that. <laughs> I did have to think about that. You're old, dude. <laughs> but, and it's not that we think that, like, all these college athletes are just stupid. They're going to waste their money. No. But we know how we are with our money, oh, and the, sure. and the fact that like we don't spend it wisely. Like me, I I don't spend my money wisely. I need to keep track of it better. But you know, and that's the same way. If I'm making millions of dollars, you best bet I'm swiping that card to go to McDonald's every day, or just buying whatever I want. You know, oh, and if I, you gave me like not even millions, if you gave me a thousand dollars a week yeah. just to say, uh, you know, McDonald's <laughs> stop. <laughs> You best bet that I am going to blow that money any chance that I get, especially at 18 years old when, you know, uh, some college athletes don't have that governing presence in their life. Yeah. It's ultimately, it's the nature of the beast. Some have never been taught money management, you know. Oh, for sure. Management of their funds, but. That's a story for me. But, but this also brings up, too, with the alliance of, like. All right, the NCAA reconstitutes itself. What about the playoffs now? Okay, does the NCAA now re- – does it – does the college football playoffs, do they still exist or does the, C- the NCAA grab their hands on it or what? I don't think that will happen. But – So, in my opinion, I think that the NCAA playoffs as is is a great idea. Yes. It needs to be expanded. I, I don't think if you ask any college football fan, with the exception of Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Ohio State, because everyone at the start of this season could have predicted that Final Four in the playoffs. Um, yeah. I think that a 14 playoff system gets stale, and you don't get teams like Cincinnati, you don't get teams like um, UCF, UCF, Boise State, BYU. Absolutely. I think they either need to do a conference playoff mm-hmm. where they break it down into these select conferences. So they either take the average win-loss record by conference and have a twelve-team conference playoff, like like the old BCS rankings. Absolutely, they were all they were they were computer-based. No. Now, with the old BCS rankings, though, you had the issue of one and three are going to play for the national championship, and two and four aren't, or Sometimes number one doesn't even play for the national championship. It's two and three or two and four or something, you know. Yeah. I I think there's a lot to learn from the BCS uh, championship. Yes. But I think the playoff idea is a good one. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be executed better. Yes. Um, I'm not I've, – I've – okay, four was great for a while. But when it became repetitive of – Three Basically, three these, out of the four teams are going to be in there every year. When we saw Alabama make it almost every single year, uh, that's where I drew the line. Yeah. Because when there was debate about Alabama being a two-loss program getting into the playoff, that for me was the line. Or hell, yeah. when you had um, Georgia and Alabama make it in the same year, Granted, they were both fantastic teams, but 
Georgia should have been the only SEC team in. Exactly. Versus Alabama. Yeah, because they won the SEC championship. I Absolutely. So um, I recommend y'all check this out. 365 Sports, Sikkim 365 Radio. It's on YouTube. They come on um, from 3 to 6. That's that's um, central time, so they're an hour behind us. So for for out east, it's 4 to 7 of when they come on on YouTube. Um, but they gave this really a great idea of like – or they, they, or they said something. Not a great idea. They said that. Um, they they said name name one time that a team that won the playoff or a team that won the championship didn't deserve to be in there. And they were they were right in the fact that yeah, most every team who's won the championship deserved to be in there. However, you forget about I think it was two thousand seventeen or two thousand eighteen. Um, it, like what you're talking about with Georgia and Alabama, Alabama should have never have been in there because yeah, they were one loss and they were a pretty good team, but they but they didn't win their conference championship. Conference championships have to matter. They have to matter. Yeah, otherwise you just get teams who mail it in in the conference championship game. Yeah, you get. Um, go ahead. Or like the teams like Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. Like they yeah. pretty at the start of the season they said, hey, reserve my seat down there in the Final Four. Absolutely. That I mean, that's that's pretty much. It, it goes back to how I started everything, where you know, um, any football fan, any college football fan who's watched the fourteen playoff system could have told you at the start of the season, or actually, excuse me, after week three, mm-hmm. that the final four were going to be Notre Dame, Clemson, Bama, Ohio State, or Oklahoma. Oklahoma gets thrown in there as well. You know. <laughs> yes, I know. I roll my eyes at that as well. You win your conference. Look, I my team is in the Big Twelve, which is a mess right now. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Shouldn't that be Big Ten now? It should have been Big. T- okay, this. That's oh, a sorry, whole- Big Eight. The <laughs> Big Eight. Yeah. Hey, that's a nice little throwback. That's a nice little throwback. Yeah. But yeah. But anyways, I'm glad you caught that reference. Yes. No. No. I, I get my references. Okay. I get my references. Um. But you know, and I thought with fourteen playoffs that the the conference championship would matter. You know, I think when they announced it, they made the conference championship seem more like a big deal than how it actually has become mm-hmm. uh, here in recent years. Because I mean, look at again. I, I hate to keep bringing it up, but look at Bama, Georgia. Yeah. Look at, Obviously, it didn't matter then, you know. Yeah, no, it, it didn't matter then. Look at Clemson's run of dominance in the ACC. It's like if you don't give these teams solid enough competition, and that's that's why I honestly think it should expand to either a twelve-team playoff or a sixteen-team playoff. It's uh, too many. That's you too think sixteen is too many? I think it's too many for basketball. It's great for basketball because they play so many games during the year. I think it's great. I, I think for basketball, it's great. Sixteen. Yeah, because when you because when you get into the mess of like what we had last year when Cincinnati did not make it, but I I think they were they were a championship four team. Go Bearcats! <laughs> I will never say that. Old Big East rival, old Big East rival. Go Bearcats! You know what? Shut up. Um, but you know they they were a team that they're like UCF in 2017. They should have at least at least, just a chance. No. A not, chance. Not UCF in 2017. Do you remember who they played in their bowl game? Was it y'all? Yes. Oh. Do you remember the final score of that? I do not. Game? Yeah, we, we beat the brakes off of them. 
Like, but they do give good competition. You know, they UCF deserves a shot. Yes, in uh, they deserve a shot on a big stage. I think maybe that time has passed for them, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. Well, but I guess I, I mean I don't. I, they they contend with Memphis and Cincinnati every year for the AAC for the it's AAC. The I mean, yeah. Honestly, you can ask any college football fan, and they will give you a different answer. The, yeah. But I mean, I'm not for twelve. I think it's the highest I can go with. I am more for like eight. Six, 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 six or eight. I've always said when there was that whole rumbling of we need to move it to eight, we need to move bump it up to eight. Eight may be too many. I think six would be good for the fact that okay, say the Big Twelve somehow stays alive. If you know, then then that's when all Power Five conferences, all their all Power Five champions need to go. Um, into the playoffs. Into the playoffs. All Power Five champions go in, and then that way that six teams six. Sixth team can be either like a Notre Dame, an independent, or you can be a group of five. So, like, say, since Cincinnati won their uh, the uh, their conference championship, why don't they get a shot? Maybe BYU, somebody from the Mountain West, like Boise State, you know. So, like, give those teams a chance. Eight, I can get behind if that I can I can get behind eight because then you can bring in more group of five because the Sun Belt is also competitive. So you can bring in teams like Coastal Carolina, App State, or ULL. Um, or you can bring in like a team like Liberty that just for some reason lit the world on fire last year, them and Coastal, and then you know you can bring more of those group of five and independents in. Granted, there's not very many independents, but you know if for some reason Army got hot, run that triple option every time. <laughs> I laugh, I laugh, but we struggled to beat Army last year, so I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. But in you know when West Virginia struggled to beat Army in the Liberty Bowl, but that's we still won it. We that trophy's still sitting in the trophy room. That's all that matters. I will say this about six to eight. I think that no one's going to complain about more football. No, with the exception of the programs themselves. In a perfect world, I would probably say ten. I think ten should be the ceiling, mainly because. You can take your obvious top two. Put a bye week. Give them a bye week. I can get behind that. I can get behind that. Everyone else plays each other. Like so so then okay, so then the top four or the top eight, the four the top four out of the eight will get a home game and then the bottom eight would just play at the Absolutely. I like that. I like I, I've not heard the ten team, so I like that. The six team playoffs, I would just say Number one team gets a bye, and then the other five. Well, and here's my well, problem with a six team. Mm-hmm. That bye week becomes more important. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because that would almost give them an unfair advantage. Because think about it like that. If you get a college quarterback on the level of Marcus Mariota. Or Joe Burrow. Or, or Joe Burrow. Tua Tunga Viola. Or Tua. Or Jalen Hurts. Or Baker. Or Baker. Any great college quarterback or running back, wide receiver, so, offensive your, or defense. Your player. offense or defense, you know. If you give them a week off and know who you're playing a week in advance. And have that game to watch as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's my problem with a 16. You get it in a 10 team, but. You get it in a 12 team too. Yeah, I mean, any. Not really. Yeah, no, they said the four. So they said the. the 
top four get a bye week. In a 12 team? Yes, the top oh. f- top four get a bye week. And then, I take back everything I said. About <laughs> team because, because this brought up, and this will lead us into conference realignment. The most this has been my most anticipated segment of the show, um, but you get into the fact that like for um, the twelve team playoff, I think it's the, the top four. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the top four. Get in the comments. Get in the comments. Email us. Yeah, everything. But if you get in the top four, they get a bye week. The top four best conference champions get a bye week. So obviously the SEC is going to be in there, the ACC and the Big Ten. Then it's duke it out between the Pac-12 and maybe the Big 12, if the Big 12 is still around. But if you don't have to worry about the Big 12, it's no longer, you know, they just cease and desist, or not cease and desist, but it just, <laughs> at Bob Bowlesby. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, if the Big 12 just implodes and yeah, it just disappears then you don't have then the Pac-12 doesn't have to worry about that because they're still a power five so they would be considered the best conference champion unless for some odd reason the Sun Belt or um the a- I could see the AAC more than the Sun Belt I could see, see the AAC getting that over the Pac-12 all de- all depends on the champion and all you know and how they played but this brings into the question of Notre Dame Notre Dame has said they're gonna, you know, they they want to remain independent. It's I think it's very obvious that they want to remain independent. Now it's different with the with this whole realignment aspect because if they if they had they voted yes for this twelve team playoff, so that means if they were to get in this twelve team playoffs pl- playoff, the best they can finish is maybe fifth because they can't get that bye week. So you're gonna tell me that they vote yes on a four on a twelve team playoff for the top top conference champions get a bye week and you're not going to join a conference. Here's my thing with Notre Dame. I think that Notre Dame realizes that if it is a 12-team playoff versus a 14, which to be fair, they get in the college playoffs more than they should currently. They're, they're not like what they were when Lou Holtz was there. Absolutely not. If you have 12 teams in the playoffs, Notre Dame will be one of those 12. If they, if they keep it up. If they keep if it up. They keep, and even if they fall off a little bit and they don't dominate. If they get two losses in a 12-team playoff, they're in. Yeah. They're in. Um, if they don't dominate all of the other independent schools, everyone they play currently, they will still be in the playoffs. Yes. Simply due to the fact that Notre Dame is so hard to judge versus teams in a conference. Yeah. Well, because they, you never. I'm not gonna say you never know what who they're gonna play. Mm-hmm. It's just that they don't have a conference. You because nope. of Notre Dame's schedule, you have to look now at the conferences and say, well, this team's gonna be good. No, I don't think this team. This team we kind of be mediocre this team is going to be a Vanderbilt for some odd you know it's you know this this team's going to be Sorry, last place <laughs> this team's going to be I could have said Kansas in that point as well you know I mean either one either one and this is like and please don't take us laughing at Vanderbilt wrong oh well they I think they all agree I think Vanderbilt fans agree they deserve it my grandmother went to Vanderbilt, okay, and she didn't go there for sports. She went there for academics. Vanderbilt is a great academic school. Oh, 
fantastic. That's why the SEC has them. <laughs> Bandy saves us. Academically wise, because your grade point average would drop if they left. Oh, no, SEC would be down to like a 1.4. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, but you never know with an Notre Dame schedule how good those teams are going to be. You know, Absolutely. like say they play some rando team like NC State, you have no idea because NC State is that middle of the road kind of team in the ACC. You they don't know who be very good and very talented. Yeah, but any competition that NC State. So let's take Notre Dame versus NC State for example. Any competition that NC State goes into, mm -hmm. likely Notre Dame will not face. So repeat that again. So likely, if NC State and Notre Dame play, yes, right. Uh huh. Any scheduled opponent for NC State is more than likely to not play Notre Dame in college football. Okay. Um, mostly because Notre Dame normally sticks to uh, military academies. Uh, they do play some talented teams. It just depends on the year. Because some years you're going to have a very strong Notre Dame schedule, yeah. and then other years you're not going to have a consistent. You're not going yet. to have teams bouncing all over the place. Well, like last year, with, with the Big Ten had no idea what they were going to do, and so NC State had to get you know. And and that's one thing with this this realignment thing is that the ACC needs to put their foot down. This is why the Big East no longer exists. If the Big East had said, "Hey, look, Notre Dame, you can play basketball in here, and football or not football, you can play basketball." Baseball, you can play women's volleyball, women's lacrosse, you can play, you know, softball, whatever in the Big East. But if you're going to play all these other sports in the Big East, you need to also play football in the Big East. And they Absolutely. never did that, and the ACC is making the same mistake, which could be their – I'm not saying it, it is, but it could be their demise. Yep. If you don't put your foot down and say, look, because it, because Notre Dame's not going to run to no other – they can't. First no, of all, absolutely. but they're not going to run to any other conference. Greg Sankey's not going to look at them and be like, "Yeah, you can play everything in here besides football." You know, like no, it's it's an all or nothing deal. Imagine Notre Dame in the SEC. It's been rumored, but just think about that for a second. It's no longer the Southeastern Conference. I mean, I I get it with Oklahoma and Texas is still South, but there's no Eastern anymore. That's what I'm saying. They need to bring back the uh, SWC. They need to bring back the S uh, Southwestern Conference. It's the Texas like Conference. <laughs> Well, yeah, but it would help. It would help the current situation, especially with realignment. Though. But it's not going to happen because you need Oklahoma and Texas to join and Texas A&M to join if you want money for it. You know, yeah, it's not going to, you know, it's, that's just not going to happen. And I mean, SMU was such a driving force in the Southwestern Conference. If they hadn't well. got the death penalty, they would they would be, I feel like, a power five today. Oh, if, if it weren't 100%. for the death penalty back in the 80s. They, I feel like they'd have been at least a power five today. If not, they'd be another Cincinnati or somebody like that. That's just top tier group five. That's just chomping at the bit to go P five. You know, absolutely. Like Cincinnati was in a shootout last year with Georgia and was it Sugar Bowl. Yeah, it was in the Sugar Bowl, and then they um, lost by a touchdown to yeah. Georgia, who is now the championship favorite of this year by many. You know, <laughs> I know you roll your eyes at that. Sorry, bud. Everyone says, "Hey, it's an SEC school. You should be happy." No. No. You're going to tell this to a Big 12 guy right now? Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean... My conference is imploding once again. <laughs> I mean, you know, life's hard when you're the best conference in college football. When Gosh. you invented the sport of college football. Um, 
And and, and that that's all I'm going to say about the SEC. Go Tigers. Ed Orgeron for president. Shut up. Shut up. Whatever. <laughs> what what did he do before Joe Burrow? <gasps> oh, that's right. Nothing. You're wrong. But I'm going to let it slide. Whatever. Whatever. He was a defensive line coach. More LSU. He was the head coach at USC. Or and got interim, fired. In term. Got fired from Mississippi State. We won't talk about that. <laughs> anyway. Just saying. But it has worked out, you know. Oh, yeah. Ultimately. Ultimately, it worked out, you know. He is as Cajun as Cajun comes. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Um... But you know, so I don't, I don't know. It's just a conference realignment is, a, you know, it's. I love it. I have been nerding out, and so I've been nerding out over conference realignment. My dream scenario is if Big East comes back, it's not going to happen. But my realistic, <laughs> shut up, okay, shut up. One can I mean, dream. Granted, I, I just went on a rant about the Southwestern Conference. Yeah, uh, there, there are all the reason we love these conferences is not because of the money it drew. And this, this is the stupidest thing by fans. I don't know why nobody argues this. As a fan, how, why do you care how much money? I mean, I get it why you care, but none of that sixty million dollars that Oklahoma and Texas is about to bring in from the SEC is going to go into your pocket. Nope. You know, all I care about is wins and losses. Ultimately. That $60 million is going to go into a nicer stadium, uh, better equipment for the players. Uh, yeah, and, I know. But I mean, it's it's going to improve I get their it, but I just don't. I get it, but I don't agree with it. You know, I get just it. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not wrong. It's. I'm not saying it's – I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying, like, as a fan, majority of fans could give two hoops about if there's money in there. All we care about is bragging rights and wins and losses. Yeah, that's that's all that's all I care about. You know, like how many times did you brag to me that fifteen and zero? You know, uh, in this podcast or in my life, because I've lost count. We're not going to for both. Um, <laughs> for both, he has. But um, so what we're going to do is, I will give you my dream, realistic dream. I'm not going to throw in like. Oh, the South, the Southwest is coming back, or the Big East is coming back. I'm not going to do that. That's just ridiculous. I'm going to give you kind of dream scenarios for the Big 12 or for the teams in the Big 12. So what we're going to do is I'm going to give you this week. I'm going to give you kind of dream scenarios, and Cole's kind of going to bounce his ideas and his thoughts off of me. And then next week, Cole will give you his nightmare scenarios for realignment yeah. for each of these remaining the eight worst teams. Worst possible scenario. Worst possible scenario. Okay. So there's kind of two that I have, or I take that back. There's three that I have, and we're going to kind of, I know for the listeners, it's going to be hard to kind of keep up, but I'll go slow and kind of kind of just help everybody keep track. Um, so realistically, what I want, if for some reason... So, say the Big 12 falls apart. Okay, where are the remaining eight go? The best scenario for these remaining eight, if you're going to split up, which I think will happen, possibly. If, if they don't, you know, if Oliver Luck all of a sudden just jumps in and, like, I hey, they wouldn't hire him for nothing. I think Bob Bowlesby needs to be careful. I think Oliver Luck was a potential commissioner hire. 
Oh, just for to, sure. I think there's a board of committees and the ADs are, you know. I don't think it's a conspiracy or anything like that against him. I, I don't, but yeah. I, for sure, he could be a very talented commissioner one day if he gets that opportunity. Yes. Okay. So, anyway, if the Big 12 splits up, dream scenario. I'm just going to throw it out here. I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. West Virginia, the ACC. It makes a lot of sense. I know, I know we don't bring this and that value. It waters it down, whatnot. Competition-wise, I don't think so. I think the only issue is that we don't bring in OU and Texas money. And I think that's why no conference has reached, if they have, haven't made it public yet. I think other conferences are just mad at Greg Sankey and the SEC for saying, crap, why didn't we think of that first? You know? Or why didn't why weren't we this forward in trying to? I think that is just the whole reason is that everybody is just upset that, that has happened. However, with West Virginia and the ACC, you have big like half that conference is just the old Big East. So you have Tech, you have Pitt, you have Miami, you have Syracuse, you have Boston College, you have Louisville. Okay, there you have so many rivalries in there, and those bring that brings TV money. Okay, that's viewership, that's ticket sales. Stuff like that that brings eyeballs. I think in that scenario, ultimately it's the best of both worlds. Now, granted, um, I don't think the ACC would ever be happy about West Virginia joining the ACC. And don't take that uh, as a dig. Because yeah. you know I me, mean? I respect that the I give you a lot of crap. They're, for they're not a, in, yes. Well, they're, they're not a bad program, though. No, they're 15th winningest. Program. And this is what I was also going to say too. Fifteenth winningest program in college football history. Do you want to know how many ACC teams are ahead of us in that? One. You want to know who that one is? Clemson. Ugh. You want to know what place they're in? Fourteenth. So tell me, tell me how we're not competitive enough. How we're not, you know, like. I think the Big East and bringing that because ultimately, in your scenario, the ACC would essentially be a rebranded Big East. Yes. With, I think that's very fair to say. But also, too, you know, like we said before, Notre Dame is a ACC athletic conference or ACC athletic department in every sense but football. So you add West Virginia, that becomes the 16th member in everything but football. But yeah. football is the driving force in all of this. Um, I, ultimately, I think that's a win-win scenario both for the fans and for the NCAA. Mm -hmm. uh, I think for the around. ACC eventually, too, long-run oh, money. Absolutely, 100%. Because you're getting more fans in seats. You're possibly earning a new TV deal mm -hmm. with the uh, ACC. Um, well, they can't renegotiate re renegotiate that for another 15 years, which is just I don't get yeah, why, I don't get why you would lock yourself into that at, at most seven I mean, to eight years. I mean, I fair they need the money in the short term. Yeah, but at the same time, I long TV deals are, eh. yeah, yeah. But ultimately, I think that I I have to agree with you. I think that would be probably the best scenario. Mm -hmm. Uh, the best obvious scenario. Yes, I'll, I'll say that best obvious scenario. Um. Then, all right, so West Virginia from the ACC, I've gotten off my soapbox. There's more to that, and I may bring that up next week or later on in the podcast. He's very passionate about that. Very passionate about that. Um, and it's just for the fact that with the Big 12, we, we have to travel so much. Yeah. We could literally, like, Pitt is a, is a huge rival for West Virginia. We could take a bus to Pitt. Like, our football players would not have to travel 
at all. And it's not even for football. It's not even that big of a deal. Okay, you 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 fly down on a Thursday or a Friday night, and you sleep or you know you get some rest or whatever, and then kickoff comes and you fly, and then by the end of you know by a few hours after game day, they're back on the flight head back to Morgantown. But it's for like weekday games for like a volleyball game or a basketball game or things like that. Like it takes a toll on our on our athletes. Oh, I mean, look at uh, West Virginia's basketball program. It's one of the best uh, in the country. I know. Why you, and Coach K retires? Who who best to put? Say, okay, we no longer have Coach K. Why not bring in Oh Huggy Bear? You know, absolutely. So, all right. So, anyways, that's WACC. We're gonna go to the Big Ten now. We're not gonna touch the SEC because Oklahoma and Texas. You know, yeah. There, there's no point in touching realignment in the SEC until more information comes out about that. Yeah. In my opinion. I mean, it's it's obvious to speculate about like teams like the UCF joining the SEC or mm-hmm. some more well some more Florida based teams yeah. uh, or something like that mm-hmm. where you have those obvious money games. Um, but you know, until more information comes out about the Texas Oklahoma deal, yeah. um, I, I think it's kind of pointless to speculate. Yeah. Uh, until there's some more concrete stuff. Yeah. So, WV, West Virginia to the ACC. To the Big Ten, I have Iowa State and Kansas. Kansas solely for their basketball. That's the only reason why. Their football team, I don't care. You know, Lance Leopold has a lot of things to clean up out there. I, You know, I thought it was wild that they hired Les Miles. Did not go the way they thought it would. Granted, I get it, but you need to give him some time. A coach can't fix it in just one. You can't go from 0 and 11 to an 11 and 0 team in less than a year, even if you have less miles. <sighs> Shut up, LSU. You know, <laughs> I just don't. I, I just don't think that with a program like Kansas, you can do that. With a program like Kansas, you for sure can't. And that—that's all I'm going to say. About if he it. were to take over, like with if he were to take over. Steve Sarkeesian's job at Texas. If they were to hire him at Texas, mm-hmm. definitely, I think they could go. You know, they can compete right away with Lance Miles, Les Miles. I honestly think Gus Malzahn would be a better fit for Texas, just because Texas is all about being flashy. Uh, look at Texas this past season. Like everyone, I know, and just for the record, horns down. Um, no, you can't. For our listeners, you can't say it, but it'll be on YouTube. Yeah, horns down. Um, <laughs> 15-yard penalty. That, again, is why the Big 12 does not work. <laughs> One more time. Yes. Um, but look at Texas in 2019. They were projected to be a top five in the nation. What'd they go, like 84? Oh, I, I thought it was worse than that. Yeah. I thought it was like seven and five or six and six. We're back. Yeah, week one. We're back against LSU. No, that was. Yeah, no. I thought it was when was, they. No, it was when they beat Georgia. Remember, because they because that was at the end of the previous. Yeah, season. the end of the previous season because everybody gave him so much crap for that. Yep. Same calendar. Um, <laughs> but okay, <clears throat> so so Iowa State and Kansas, Kansas solely for their basketball. Absolutely. Iowa State because for the, because of their football. Uh, I'm tired of everybody telling me like the history. They're not historically a great program. Okay, then why would you look at a conference? Why would you look at something like Cincinnati, Houston, UCF? Like they're not 
or Memphis. They're not great, like they do not have a great history, but recently they have been. Texas Tech, perfect example. Exactly. They, they, some of these teams don't have a very rich, rich football history in the fact that they were great or they were a blue blood. Not every college football program is going to be an Alabama, a Notre Dame, an LSU, a West Virginia, yeah. a Penn State. But even then, West Virginia is not – I mean – I mean, 14th most wins. 15th. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. 13th, not Clemson. Excuse me. They were, we were 14th last year, and then Clemson surpassed us. But well, yeah. Trevor Lawrence is now playing for Jacksonville, so I don't think that's going to be much more of a problem. We'll see. But – but I don't think Iowa State's history should really bother them. Their recent competitiveness should be great. And the fact that, like, they're home in Ames, they're untouchable. How and why, I don't know. Well, except for this past year or uh, last year when Louisiana Lafayette beat them, which was odd. Maybe it's just a West Virginia thing. I don't know. But I know for any Big 12 school going into Ames and playing Iowa State there, I don't know what it is about the atmosphere or what. It's just – it's untouched. They're, sometimes they're just untouchable. And I think that comes from Matt Campbell and Brock Purdy, that the fact that they just have that un, that home field advantage is so great. So Absolutely. for Big 10, Iowa State, and Kansas. Um, and then we're going to go to the three Texas schools in Oklahoma State. I think they go to the Pac-12. Well, well, I think Texas Tech and Oklahoma State go to the Pac-12. And, T- and, and Baylor has a chance to go to the ACC. I don't know about that, but I eh, I can see it. The only issue is, is the Pac-12 has that whole thing with religious institutions. So you have T- you have TCU and Baylor. Baylor's hardcore Baptist. I mean, hardcore. I didn't know that, but hardcore Baptist. Yeah. And then you got TCU, Texas Christian University. Even though they don't they don't go by that anymore, it's more just hey, we're TCU. You know, yeah. um, Oklahoma State. I mean, they're they're if. I think the top three teams once Oklahoma and Texas leave, OK State, Iowa State, and West Virginia are the top are the next top dogs. Oh, and I, honestly, I don't even think there's much room for debate. Um, you could say TCU, TCU with Gary Patterson in that whole that whole shebang. He's you know. Well, I mean, the only thing carrying TCU uh, is their offense the past couple of years. Like they have a very innovative offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't have the talent to match the playbook then ultimately they're not going to be uh, nearly as competitive as how they have been in recent history. Yeah. So so dream scenario for these teams, mm-hmm. all three of the Texas schools in Oklahoma State go back 12, which brings us to our last team, K-State. I don't know where to put them. They're, they if when you say Big 12 team, they are the definition of a Big 12 team. They're in that, you know, Geographically speaking, they're in that geography. And Kansas is as well, but they fit bigger. They're an AAU school, which is something the Big Ten looks highly upon. Absolutely. And and that's, again, with Iowa State as well. They're AAU. Kansas, I don't know where to put them. Now, Dan Weinstadt said on um, one of the Chicago radio shows that he was in a room with either Big Ten execs or just Big Ten people in peri- period. And, I, like, people said, well, it sounds like he just said it was a bunch of he said, she said, type of deal, whatever, and I said, and my thoughts are, okay, yeah, it is a bunch of he said, she said, but from conference execs and conference, like people who have the in in the conference. If I'm hearing that from people who are in in the conference, that West Virginia is going to the ACC, Kansas and Iowa State are going to the Big Ten, and then Oklahoma State and Kansas State are going to the Pac-12, then I'm listening to that, you know? Oh, for sure. And, and he wouldn't, if he's not, the repertoire for him is, 
you know, he's got – he was head coach for Chicago, head coach for – uh, somebody's screaming at the somebody is screaming at me right now. I am was, so yeah. sorry. Yeah, no, he was head coach for Pitt in Chicago. He, I think it was just Dow. Maybe he was head coach for Detroit. I can't remember. I um, think I'm. ninety five percent sure it was either Detroit or um. God, what's the other one? I don't know. I know for certain it was Chicago. Yeah. Anyway, but but anyways, he, he he's also he coached under Jimmy Johnson at. At the Cowboys, Dallas, yeah. So he has the repertoire, and he's been on Fox for a while. I'm listening to him, you know. Which yeah. is which, but what's really odd is what gets me is that the Pac-12 would take Kansas State, and I think I think for them, okay, go to the Pac-12. I don't see why not, but it just doesn't make sense in a from a geographic standpoint yeah. for a team like Kansas State to I, go to the Pac-12. I think they could be very competitive in the Pac-12. I 100 percent think that they could be very competitive in the Pac-12. I also think that they could be a top dog in the AAC. Granted... I don't, I'd hate to see that for them, or I for the Mountain West. I would 100% hate to see that for them. I'd hate to see any of these schools go to the G5. 100%. I, I, I think it is a mark against the school if you are forced, because of a split-up, to have to step down a competition level. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you got to take one step back, take three steps forward, though. You know? Absolutely. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with G5. No, there is. There's not money. <laughs> you know, There's a lot wrong with G5, but there's nothing wrong with the competition. Yeah, Competition-wise. 100%. I mean, Boise, like Boise State is great. BYU, people consider them G5. I don't really consider them no, G5. Absolutely. I, I don't think so, the way they schedule themselves as well. I don't think they're – you know, but you know, but I think okay, that's Dan wants that. That's that, and that's my dream for that. Honestly, I think it is a very. I think the most realistic would probably be WB to the ACC, bring back a lot of that. Um, I could definitely see Golden Blue Dude sure thinks that's going to happen. You don't. You don't know who that is, but he's some. He's got a. He's got like 3,000 subscribers on YouTube or something. But he said he has inside sources that are saying West Virginia is for sure going to the ACC. Whether that's true or not, I have no idea. I mean, look at His guess it, is it as good be, as mine. It could be, yeah. It could be a very realistic scenario. It makes sense on paper. On paper. It's just the fact that, that if they add it, it, I think Notre Dame goes to the ACC for if they continue with the 12-team playoff. Oh, for sure. I think I think that happens, and that's why West Virginia would go because they come in with somebody who adds value. Because okay, Notre Dame. So right now, say the ACC makes 32 million a year. If West Virginia were to come in by itself, I think they said the drop off would be five million. Not huge, but you go from 32 million to 27 million. Okay, well if Notre Dame comes in and they add 10 million. To their to the conference, but West Virginia takes back five. All of a sudden, you've got from forty two to thirty seven. You know, but I get that. So, yeah. Recap on dream scenario number one is that, and we'll try to speed through the other two. Um, dream scenario number one is West Virginia ACC, Kansas State, Iowa State, Big Ten. All three of the Texas schools and Oklahoma State. Go to the Big Twelve or go to the Pac Twelve and K State, just a big old question mark. Yeah, 
And ultimately, K-State could end up in a lot of different conferences. It's just a matter of more so geography mm -hmm. than anything. Because ultimately, they're a they're the quintessential Big 12 team. Yes. Yes. They could go independent, but they don't have a huge following like Notre Dame or LSU or BYU. You know? All right. So, and this one's going to be quick. I think if the Big 12 stays together, they need to go to 12 and stop. 100%. Get, and go east to west. Yep. Give West Virginia some travel partners. And people are like, well, UCF is not close to West Virginia. Yeah, but it's an hour-long flight. Okay, so you're and you're in the same time zone. That's the big thing is that you're in the same time yeah, zone. You're you're not really forcing anyone. Granted, scheduling issues happen. I mean, life happens, especially when it comes to college football. Mm -hmm. So I think ultimately, the Big Twelve staying together and going east to west could be a viable option. Getting to twelve and then stopping. Be the Big 12. Be, be your name, you know. Be yeah. the Big 12. Don't be the Big 8. Don't be the Big 10. Be the Big 12. Yes. So, and competition-wise, I think you grab Cincinnati, UCF, and Memphis. The perks are, those are in very large cities. No, they don't run those markets, but that is a large TV market. So that, you know, grab, if, and also that's a kick in the butt to the, AC, to the AAC because they were trying to poach Big 12 teams coming supposedly that was ESPN working the whole thing so grab UCF Cincinnati and Memphis I think those are two and three of the most competitive schools I think that they can obviously compete you know Cincinnati has proven they compete now I haven't seen I don't know about Memphis I, don't, I can't remember the most recent p5 school that they played but they have a big stadium over 60,000 you know so I think that is good. And then you go out west, grab BYU. I think BYU is a good option of joining conference. They seem like they want, they're interested. So I think that would be great. All right. So those are my four to go Big 12. If you just want to go blow this thing out of the water and just be like everybody else and go 16 teams, I think you just got to change. I think you got to go east to west and change the name of the conference. Call it the Great American Conference or something like that, or the Great Athletic Conference. Don't give me that look, okay? That's just I'm just spitballing here. Or call yourself the Big Sixteen, whatever. The Sweet uh, Sixteen. Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, there you go. Um, but and make it an East and West division. So if you're gonna, um, yes, I mean, there's no problem with an eight and eight half. No, so. I would say Iowa State and West Virginia are in the East Division. Still grab Cincinnati, UCF, Memphis, UAB, and Louisiana Lafayette. I know they're not in the East, but that would kind of be like Iowa State's not in the East either. Yeah, but they, you, you, know. you could almost follow the Mississippi mm -hmm. and split it down the middle. Yeah. But, and this, this is why I say UAB. I know that there are people who are going to be like, ooh, UAB. Yeah, I don't like UAB either. But. And I don't think this – I don't really think that this makes any difference to the SEC. But, like, their new stadium is right across from the SEC headquarters. Absolutely. So you can you can go in there and grab a team and say, hey, by the way, we're here. We're here to compete. You know, we're here to compete in SEC territory. We're going to grab teams that are in that SEC territory. So, you know, grab UAB. I, I'm not loving them. I would rather grab Marshall, but you're already in West Virginia. Marshall, I think, is way competitive, but they're just so small. And 
Yeah, I, I think their size hurts them more than anything. And I think, ultimately, I think that's why no one really includes them in a, any kind of realignment scenarios. I don't blame them, you know. I, yeah. I that's the same way with App State. I don't, you yeah. know, boom, boom or, North like, Carolina is a small town. Yeah, it just, I think there's so much that depends on the size of the school mm-hmm. and not necessarily the competitiveness of the program. Yeah. Because I think Marshall could be competitive. Mm-hmm. It's just they're not scheduled as such. Yeah. Or like ETSU. Yeah. Perfect example. Yeah, I think, they're more like D2. Are they D1? No, they're D1. Oh, really? Yeah. They're FCS. Yeah, they are FCS. Oh, okay. That, that's why. But I think that uh, teams like ETSU, Marshall, UAB, anything like that, I don't think that any Power 5 conference would ever consider adding them in solely based on income and size. UAB has that big Birmingham market, though, and they, they, yeah, they just absolutely. they have a – and I say they lit the world on fire, but they did win Conference USA. They won the championship up there, beat Marshall on yeah. their home turf. Okay, you come back after a hiatus, however long hiatus of, from football. Yeah. Uh, I think it was, what, like – Three years, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was either three or four years. Um, so yeah, that's my East Division. West Division is the remain is the other remaining six. So you got Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas Tech, and Baylor. All right, and then the other two for that are BYU and Boise State. You know, I could say Colorado State because they're closer. But Colorado State's not as competitive, I don't think. Absolutely not. And I would take Colorado over Colorado State. And Colorado used to be part of the Big 12, Big Twelve, but now they're in the Pac twelve. I don't see I don't see another Power could, Five I, team. Yeah, I could not see Colorado jumping ship from the Pac twelve. That's as it stands currently. Yeah, that's that's like and I think it was like Craig Smoke or something on three sixty five sports said the other day. Why in the world would you jump from a perfectly good ship that is not sinking and you're almost ashore to a ship that's sinking out in the middle of the Atlantic with no help? Why would you do, you know, and, and yeah, it makes it, just, it, it which, doesn't make sense. Obviously. Yeah. Um, Boise State is kind of a stretch, ge- geographically speaking. Also, my eyes would hurt from watching games on that blue field. <laughs> but Boise State, they're competitive. They're, oh, they're no, com- they're for sure competitive. They're competitive, but I just, they're so way out west. Like, that's Pac-12 yeah. territory. But, again, you're encroaching on, if you grab Cincinnati and UCF, that's ACC territory. Grab UAB, that's SEC territory. Uh, Boise State and BYU—that's Pac-12 territory. You know, stretch it east from west and just go go big or go home. I think that grabbing Cincinnati would hurt the AAC so much that in another five six years you would be looking at another realignment scenario after the AAC breaks up. Yeah, and that and that's just it, me personally. It, yeah, I think grabbing those AAC teams would hurt that conference more than it would help it unless they were you know guaranteed spots um with different uh reimbursements yeah but i don't think that realignment would capture the news as much i think every now and then you hear something because they're g5 and unless you follow those schools and this is why i don't put houston in either is ever since holgerson got there they're not they're not competitive they're not competitive they have the money but they're just not competitive they're a good team Mm. Debatable. I mean, you you could make an argument for Houston, 
but they are not nearly as competitive as what they have been in the past. And I when think Tom Herman was there, yeah. Absolutely. I think that is a very fair statement to make. Yeah. Okay, so... Off my soapbox for conference realignment. I think what we're going to do as well, we're just going to give a little bit of previews for West Virginia, LSU, and Farm. Um, we kind of did a Farm preview already, but we're also going to do a Farm game preview as well from Averett. Um, so we're going to start off with West Virginia. Neil Brown is in his third season, quote unquote. Um, I say quote unquote, but like, no, it's his third season. It was just last year was a weird year. Um, and he's really dealing, you know, he's finally getting his, he's finally seeing the fruits of his labor now. Oh, 100%. Um, we lost some people in the transfer portal. Tyke Smith went to Georgia, which was, which was hurt, but, but we still have a strong defense. We still have Akeem Mesidor, Dante Stills, and, um, Alonzo Dye on the defense. Um, question marks, linebacker. Who who's gonna step up? And we we have we have good and you know Dylan Tonkery was on there. Um, we have decent linebackers, and we were number one in the country at one point with defense last year, which is unheard of for a Big Twelve team. You know, <laughs> it's it's all it, it, Big Twelve is put up seventy points, and the defense never touched the field. Is what it seemed like, you know. But Absolutely. but um, you know, it's just so. Defense, I think we're sound on. Yes, we lost a few people. It's not going to be that big of a question mark. I think I'm. I feel very confident in our defense. Offense is the question mark. That's what makes me nervous. Our receiver, our receivers, going to catch the ball this year because last year they had a case of the dropsies because they could not catch the freaking ball. Jarrett Daigie threw it right in their chest and they just dropped it. And I think that was that was more infuriating. Than even losing the actual game was the fact that like you could have caught the ball, you could have done something with it, you know. Um, a highlight though is Letty Brown is having Letty Brown rush for a thousand yards. I think he can, I think he can hit that again, maybe top it a little bit. I don't know. Um, I think he can hit a thousand yards. Um, but then you have uh, Jarrett Daigie. Is he gonna step up his game? We've heard. We, I've heard. Anyways, I don't know. But Cole doesn't follow this as much as I do. West Virginia as much as I do. Vice versa. I don't follow LSU as much as he does. It is what it is. It is what it is. We'll get better as the season goes on. Next episode, you know, we would prove each episode. So <laughs> we would like to think so, anyways. Um, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, but is Jarrett Dagey gonna elevate his quarterback play? I, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. I want him to, and everything I've heard from camp is that he has. Yeah, I mean, all signs point to yes, but it, it's always hard to tell. It's it's hard to tell with any uh, quarterback in any level of competition if you're going to step your game up or if you're going to regress. And, I mean, I think that's a perfect segue to LSU. Yeah. The biggest question mark LSU has right now is Miles Brennan going to be a good successor for Joe Burrow? Yeah, and, and see, that's what and that's what Austin Kendall and Jarrett Daigie have been with Will Greer. You have those great, those not once in a lifetime, but once in a decade quarterbacks that show up, and yeah. then you you just go, all right, who's next? Absolutely, and 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 it's unfair to them as well because then you see these guys throw the ball and it's like 
That's terrible. That's not. But you've been used to Joe Burrow or Will Greer Absolutely. or whoever for the past, unless you're in Alabama, who just recycles quarterbacks every single year. Jalen Hurts. Mac to Mac, Mac Jones. I mean, in one quarterback room. It's ridiculous. It's, Alabama yeah. should be stopped. We hope. <laughs> but I hope. I hope, yeah. Um, I can't wait for that episode for that week. <laughs> I can. We're not going to record. We're well, just that's gonna take a week off. Okay, well that well that's just like West Virginia, Oklahoma. I'm not I'm not prepared for that week, even though that's in that's well it's at Norman, but you know I'm not prepared for that week. But anyway, anyways, anyways, anyway, you know we've heard from camp that Derek Day has elevated his quarterback, and Neil Brown brought up something in like his first year is like I wish we did something like what the NFL does in the fact that we have these scrimmages. I would love to go out and just scrimmage Pitt or Maryland or somebody absolutely somewhere close somewhere that you could get a field. even Marshall. You know, yeah, absolutely. I mean. It just makes sense to have, like for LSU, if we could do a scrimmage against ULL every year, that would be perfect. It's beneficial to both teams. ULL figures out what they need to work on, and they could elevate their play. Oh, the only thing that ULL would lose is if they get absolutely smoked. But that doesn't go against that doesn't go against the record, and absolutely. it and it helps it's just a scrimmage exactly. So even though you do want to win those scrimmages because it makes you feel better and you got bragging rights, yeah, on, and I mean you you get ultimately you get more eyes on the product, yeah. especially. So that's for West Virginia's biggest question mark is offense. I'm gonna say they go nine and three this year with a possibility. I I, I honestly believe deep and down in my gut something is telling me that they'll go ten and two. I would be thrilled if that happens. Thrilled if that happens. Um, I think I think we make a bowl game if we go anything less than eight wins. I'd be disappointed at eight wins, but then again, we went six and four. And West, last year was just such an odd year that it's it's oh, hard to keep sure. it's hard to keep track. Um, but if anything less than eight wins, people are like Neil Brown needs to leave. No, it's only his third year. After his fifth year, if he's not producing like he should be, which I don't think, I think he will be fine. He turned Troy around in a heartbeat. Granted, they're a G five school, but they beat. LSU. Oh. <laughs> I was waiting for that one, and I hope he wasn't going to say anything. No, 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 no. I, I did my. It's I, fine. I did We're my. Good. They beat We're LSU. Good. They beat We're LSU good. and Nebraska and Nebraska. Okay, when Nebraska Thank was decent. Okay, you. they beat Power Five teams. Okay, so I think Neil Brown is a great guy. He has a great culture up there at WVU for sure. So I think he it just give him time. He's not. I, I understand West Virginia fans are like, please just bring us back to Rod to Rich Rodriguez, the devil. Rich Rod. <laughs> okay, Rich Rod, and I feel like this is with you and Nick Saban. You hate him, but you love him because you wish because you just know if he had stayed, then we'd been so good. Now, Rich Rod, not as much as Saban because Rich Rod did not have success outside of West Virginia, none whatsoever. Now he's an o, either an O line coach or an offensive coordinator at ULM. So you know. Yeah, so you just wonder, you sit there and wonder if those guys, what would have happened. But you just, we want the glory days back. We got a taste of what it was like with Major Harris and Don Nealon, um, with Rich Rod, Pat White, Steve Slayton. And then you had Geno Smith and Tavon Austin, which were, that was a great team. Absolutely. And you had Holgerson. I hear saying, I don't think Holgerson was a bad coach. He just didn't like recruiting. And I don't blame him for that, but you've got to recruit. And I think that's his whole problem with L, with at Houston right now is he's not recruiting like he should be. Absolutely. Holgerson, I don't, everybody's like, Hol, Hol, 
Hogerson led us to 10-win seasons. No, he was not great at bowl games, but we had multiple 10-win seasons. We were never just – we had a season here and there that we didn't make a bowl game, but it wasn't that the fact that we were terrible. We, we don't have these terrible stretches of runs. You know, it's just a spot here and there. So I think people just want Neil Brown to hurry up and get us out of the Holgerson era and, and just, come on, get us to winning. And it takes time. I'm like that most days. I'm like, come on, Neil, you you got to give me something here. Come on, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I think we'll be better this year. 9-3 or 10-2 and two is what I'm going with. And I think I think we can start off 3-0 and o this year. And then Because I say 3-0 and o because then we have to go play Oklahoma at Oklahoma. That's a tough one. But anything's possible. But then, you know, this also leads to the LSU of Alabama. <laughs> so, with LSU, as I said a little bit earlier, um, our biggest question right now is stability in our offense. You know, um, obviously any LSU fan will admit that it's, it's not 2019 anymore. Last season was a surprise for me. It was a shock when we beat Florida. Like, it was a surprise for me that y'all didn't do as well, you know? Yeah. Well, granted, all of our offense was signed to an NFL team with the exception of uh, Jamar Chase. Yeah. And even then, he sat out last year. So 90% of our offense was signed to an NFL team last season. Yeah. Um. For me, personally, as an LSU fan, realistically, I believe we can finish 8-4. Those four losses... See you in the bowl game. Yeah. <laughs> if <laughs> LSU and WU play, we're going. <laughs> we will do the podcast during the game. Oh, we will be live for that. <laughs> just hear one of us just constantly... Uh, yes! Uh, but anyway... I mean, it, it's the same questions as last year for me. I haven't seen – our recruiting class has been solid mm -hmm. but not great. I think that Ed Orgeron deserves a lifetime contract to LSU. Orgeron should be allowed to do whatever he wants, in my opinion, <laughs> personally. Even if um, you're not from LSU, I feel like you just got to love Coach O. Just – Oh, 100%. I think he's the best thing in college football. Granted, I am very biased about that. <laughs> um, but anyway, so back to win-loss. Realistically, I see us going 8-4. Um, I would not be surprised if we finished 9-3. Mm -hmm. I would also not be surprised if we did not qualify for a bowl. I, I would that, hate that. Would that. Hurt. I would hate that with my entire heart. That would hurt. That would hurt. That hurt a lot. Um, but just as easily, I could see us going nine and three. I could see us going ten and two. Yeah. Granted, those two losses would for sure be in conference and ruin our chances um, in going into the playoffs. Well, that's the same way with West Virginia. It's our all right. If we lose, if we lose our two losses, are two. I would love to see Oklahoma. Our two losses are two. One of them would be to Oklahoma, and then maybe Oklahoma in the championship game. That would be. I mean, eh, I'd hate to lose the championship game, but lose to Oklahoma twice, you know. Yeah. Or it just be to Oklahoma and Iowa State, yeah. which are two top teams. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel terrible about that, but I'd like to see them, you know. Um. So yeah, I just. It's a toss up this year. We just you absolutely, know. and 
for me, you know, our, our three losses, in, in my opinion, Florida, Auburn, Alabama. He said um, Alabama. Uh, Florida, Auburn, and Alabama. Um, Which is weird. Auburn, why why them? They just lost Gus Malzahn. He's now at UCF, which is great for UCF. I think Auburn still has a lot of potential for the next two years. Hmm. One, you're going to be running through the last of Gus Malzahn's recruiting classes. Okay. Two, it has yet to be seen whether or not they're going to be competitive. You think you'll beat Georgia? I can I can see you beating L- I can see you beating Auburn. I, I don't know about Georgia. Think, I think it's going to be a toss up between Auburn and Georgia for us. Um, I I think we are going to win one of those games. I do not see us winning both of those games. I see you winning Auburn, not Georgia. I think that Georgia is competitive. I think that they are going to end the season in the SEC championship game, if not the college football playoff. But I also see LSU being underestimated because I think we are ultimately going to be a very competitive program, especially if Miles Brennan gets his act together or we can find a suitable replacement for Miles Brennan and bring us back to uh, championship contending. I I think both LSU and West Virginia are dark horses in their conference. For sure. I think I, I think I think I know we we both know they're going to be better than what they really are than what everybody says. Oh, I know absolutely. that for sure, 100%. and I, I like I just know they'll be better than what everybody is saying. It's just how much better. At least we hope. At, le- <laughs> at least we hope. So, <laughs> which is a depressing thing to say, but I mean, it's college football for a reason. So, game one, West Virginia versus Maryland. Uh, LSU versus UCLA. Okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, dub for LSU. <laughs> score I prediction. Mean, score prediction for LSU. Score prediction for LSU. Oh, blowout city. Blowout city. Honestly, fifty. I, yeah. fifty. Fifty um, something or forty-five. If if not fifty-two, forty-five. Okay. I honestly do not see us scoring le- uh, less than forty points. Um, if not, I will be very disappointed and will eat my words next week. Okay. Um, w. I think they win. I think, that, of course, they have the they have Tua's brother up at Maryland. Yep. Maryland's still in a real in a rebuilding kind of thing. Oh, absolutely, especially after the scandal uh, two years prior. Yes, I, th- I think they're still in a rebuild. I think West Virginia can win, but it's not it's not going to be the easiest of wins. They're still Power 5 team. We could still lose that game. I think we win, and I think we win – uh, maybe like thirty-one to twenty-one, twenty-eight to to twenty-eight to twenty-one. I, no more than two touchdowns. I think. Oh yeah, I, I would easily put y'all at ten points for sure. <laughs> I th- I think we can do that. Yeah, I think we can do that. Which brings us to Farum and Averett. So, Farum, they one p.m. right? No, they kick off at six. Oh, it's a night game. Yeah, it's a night game. So we can, we can watch our D1 schools play and then hop on over to Farm. So it's going to be a whole Franklin County party over there. So anybody who's Frank County listener, me and Cole will be there. For sure, 100%. Yes. Um, game is at 6 p.m. If you have a white Panther or a white Farm shirt, wear it. They're trying to white out the stadium. Oh, that's awesome. 
Whiteout games are the best. It's a great atmosphere. Especially for the with the lights on. Oh, yeah. For sure. I, Night game Whiteout? Mm -hmm. Come on. You, you got to be there. Yes. So, Farron versus Avery. Um, I'm going to say this is our game of the week. There's Guilford and Greensboro, which is a rivalry game. Uh, I, I'd say Greensboro maybe wins. I think, no, 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 no. I'd say Guilford wins that one. I say Guilford wins that one. Um, not more than 10 points. I think that's going to be a close game. Mm -hmm. um, I think Greensboro is going to surprise a lot of people. It's going to be a very low-scoring game, I think. Absolutely. I think I both teams are very defensively minded. Um, and I haven't seen a lot of offensive consistency from either as well. Yeah. So I think that's going to be an factor I'm, in the game. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, I don't see the spread being more than ten. Yeah, I don't. I don't see them scoring over four touchdowns. And if and if they do, it's just it's it's a defensive it's a defensive play interception oh, for sure. pick six scoop and score Absolutely. something like that. Um, I say it's a close game. I say it's between. I say four, 17 fourteen Guilford. 17-14 Guilford? 17-14 Guilford. Um, I'll, get, I'll give Guilford the benefit of the doubt. Um, I'm going to say 21-7 Guilford, which is against my spread, but who knows? And you got to also remember, Guilford's also last in the ODAC. They didn't, they, didn't do, they didn't do so hot the past couple years. I think they're going to come out and surprise a lot of people this year. That's just my opinion. I also think that the rankings are going to help motivate them because ultimately if you're ranked last in the conference, you don't want to finish the season last in the conference. Yes, but how does that work with Vanderbilt Kansas? <clears throat> <laughs> Again with the Vanderbilt Kansas. <laughs> we do not hate Vanderbilt and Kansas. No, we have no animosity towards them. It's just that the, we, the, we know they're not good. Anyone who is listening – who either is a Vandy or Kansas fan or goes to Vandy in Kansas, we're sorry. Yes. We genuinely apologize. We're here if you want to talk. Um, like I said, uh, so for Farrah and Averitt, I think this I think this is our game of the week. It, it's, it's for a, sure. It it's has a, to be. It's a night game. Now, Guilford and Greensboro is a night game. They play at seven as well. I, I just think with the whole thing with Cleve Adams, this is not uh, – a revenge game. I just think it's a good old-fashioned slug it out football game with Titus Jones at the helm for Farum. I don't. I don't see why not. Um, and I also know a starting. So, buddy of mine is a roommate with an Averett. He goes to Averett. He plays cross. Uh, boo. <laughs> boo, boo, and uh, oh, he know, he knows who I'm talking about. When he listens to this, he knows, <clears throat> he knows exactly who I who he is. Um, but he rooms with and. Uh, with a football player, and unfortunately, I'm not going to say this is a great thing for Farm. Unfortunately, he tested positive for COVID. Unfortunately, mm. so I hate that for him. I really do. That's first game of the season. He's not going to be able to play. But he he is starting, and from what my roommate told me, he is he's pretty good. He was pretty good wide out. So good for Farm and the fact that like that's another weapon off the table. But I hate it. But again, I'm not I'm not going to be like trashing this kid. Like, yeah, glad you got COVID. No, it's, I don't. It's one of those things that as a football player, uh, as a former football player. There's and, an advantage now. Yeah. You definitely have an advantage, but everyone doubts you because, mm -hmm. you know, you weren't playing it 100%. Yeah. So you hate to see it, but at the same time, you know, it's an advantage. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. 
and I think you know Farm and Averett, they both didn't they didn't set the world on fire last year. Um, I think Averett only played four games last year, um, and they finished one and three. Farm yep. finished two and three. Absolutely. Um, so they didn't quite light the world on fire, but they're they're evenly matched, I believe. And don't you do that? <laughs> um, anyway. Anyways, uh, so you know, I think. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a good game. I, I'm. I really don't know if it's gonna be low scoring or high scoring. I think Titus Jones can really throw that ball, and I think Absolutely. he's he's gonna take some shots downfield. Absolutely. Um, is also is a is a run run I mean, off. Historically, it's a running team. It's a run team, so they they'll 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 run it down your throat if they have to. You know. I ultimately think it is going to be a high scoring game, just for the sake of. You know, it, it's our game of the week. Mm-hmm. It's our game of the week for a week, uh, for a reason. It's week one. It's a big yeah. game. Um, Football's back, baby. Football is back. If you don't believe that, you're you're not watching the right games. <laughs> um, my score prediction, Ferrum favorite. I have Ferrum 35-24. Granted, we are a little biased as well, so, but. If you, I wanted to pick Averett, I could pick Averett. Owen, Owen is not forcing me to pick Farum. No, I'm not forcing him to pick Farum. He is, uh, yeah. Um, so, score what was the score again? I missed that one. Uh, 35-24 Farum. Okay. I have Farum winning this one, 31-28. I think it's a close game, three points. Absolutely. At, or it could be 21-28 by a touchdown. Absolutely. Still Farum. Um, so either a touchdown or three points or maybe ten points. I'm I'm gonna say three points to select because I want people to think I'm wishy washy. I'm gonna say thirty one twenty eight. You just want to hedge your bets for next week, man. I'm going okay. all in on Farum this season. I'm saying thirty five twenty four. Farum's got it by eleven. I got I I got three points. Thirty one twenty eight. Farum's Farum's got it. Beats Averett home opener. Go out one and up. Absolutely. So I think it. Um, last thing before we get off of here. Um. Game info, it's at 6 p.m. at Adams Stadium yep. in Farum. Absolutely. Um, like we said, it's a whiteout game. Yeah. It's going to be a night game. 6 p.m. Uh, at 6 p.m. Um, me and Owen will be there. Um, if you listen to the podcast, please feel free. Uh, or if your old friend just want to catch up, yeah. happy to see you. Tell us how much you like it or hate it. Just, <laughs> just please give us feedback. <laughs> Whether it be negative or positive. Uh, you know, if it's positive, we'll keep doing the same thing. If it's negative, we'll change something up. Yeah. You know, this is a learning curve. So, um, yeah, so game info. I don't know how much tickets are. Um, we can – we'll look that up and post it later Absolutely. on. Or y'all can look it up. Um, things we'd like to see this year. Um, two things. Your D1, something you would like to see out of D1, and something you'd like to see out of Farmer or Odak. Uh, do you want to start or do you want me to? Are you ready? One hundred percent. Okay, then you go. So out of D one, I want to see a different college football playoff. Um, not necessarily an expansion this year. I want to see. I want the fans to put it onto the committee, and I think they did a, a great job last year putting it to the committee, saying or uh, with how much hate the committee got last year for that very predictable fourteen. I want to see a different football playoff. I, I want to see. Um, you know, some different Power 5 schools make it in. I maybe want to see a G5 possibly in the mix. Until oh, I'd love to see a G5 get in there. That would be awesome. And I think any college football fan would love that. 
Granted, maybe not Bama, maybe not Clemson, maybe not Ohio and, State. And that's the whole reason why they're switching from four teams because it's getting stale. I yeah. get it. I mean, and I think I speak for everyone when I say that no one wants to keep seeing the same teams win it every single year. Unless you're a fan of those teams. Absolutely. And if you are a Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, Notre Dame fan, You're lucky. <laughs> we hate you. <laughs> we don't hate you. We just hate your fault. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, maybe not them. Um, uh, gosh. But uh, for sure, I, I want to see some variability. And I, I think that's a common sentiment across the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, for ODAC, uh, for Ferrum in general, um, I want to see how the new coach does. I want to see him implement his offense. And his, this, this is year one. Yeah. This is year one. Last year he did play. He went two or three. Uh, I, I well, was, it, it's not even last year. This is last semester. Yeah. Uh, spring ball. Spring ball. We'll just, yeah. we'll just call it spring ball. Yeah. He did play. Um, he implemented a very vanilla offense. I want to see him implement his offense to his fullest extent. And that's what I'm going to be watching for at Farum and Aven. Um, I, I, I want to see some variability. I want to see Farum surprise a lot of people. And I honestly think they can. I think they have a very talented roster. Um, and I think they're a dark horse. I for sure think they are a dark horse. So... Uh, that's what I, I want to see change in V1 in the playoffs, and then I want to see Ferrum, um, you know, actually be able to do more than just run the ball, run it down your throat. Yeah. Granted, I still want to see that because ultimately I'm a Franklin County football Yeah, they play Friday night. Fan. They got beat by Bassett. <clears throat> We're not going to talk about that. But anyways, Franklin anyway. County, if Franklin County does play, if Franklin County High School plays – Friday night. I don't remember who they play. Do you know who they play? Oh, uh, no. Okay. We'll, we'll post everything. Uh, we'll post upcoming games. tickets, everything like that. We'll have that on Instagram. Um, we'll also tweet it out. Yep. Um, okay. So, my thing, my two things I want to see. D1. Um, I want to see everybody get their acting. Like, I just want to see hard-hitting football. I don't know if you ever watched Big East football, but that's the way Big East football was. It was just hard-hitting, laid out on the line. Bro, I'm an SEC fan. Yes, you get it. No, you yeah, get it. 100%. Yeah, I just want to see old school hit you in the, as Pat McAfee would say, hit you in the my. <laughs> yes! Uh, <laughs> He's also a West Virginia man. I remember when he started playing, which, yeah. Um, but, hey, man, there was a tiger loose. Yeah. In no, it was a lion. It was a lion. Oh, no, it was a lion. No, 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 no. It wasn't tiger. It was a lion. And he's just riding a scooter through Morgantown. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, so I, I just want to see, especially from Big 12, I want to see all eight of those teams lay it out on the line. This is your year audition because more than likely, Oklahoma and Texas are gone. Yep. Oklahoma and Texas are gone after next year. They can afford that buyout money, stay together for the buyout money, and if you want to split off, split off. It may be the best thing. Absolutely. I just want to see Big 12 football just go hard nose, beat each other up. Okay? Absolutely. I mean, and honestly, I think most of your Big 12 teams are going to do that, especially in those Texas-Oklahoma games because they have stuff to prove. Yeah. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma are going to get more eyes than ever this season because of – those home games are going to be – those away games for them are going to be rough. When Texas rolls oh, into – 100%. When, when Texas rolls into Morgantown – Yeah, that's that's going to be bad. 
Uh, um, this is this is also a little side note. I wonder if that horns down penalty is still going to be a thing. Uh, I hope not. I hope not. I, I seriously hope not. And if it is, I'm gonna be so mad at Bob Bowlesby. So mad. Um, but yeah. Anyways, so that's D one. Yeah, hard nose for Farrell. I want to see good football, obviously. However, my number one thing is, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but you know how like for D one players or D1 schools, they have their conference logo at their 25-yard line. Yeah. And their school colors. Yeah. I want to see ODAC for that in at Guilford. I want to see that at Farham, Shenandoah, um, Randolph-Macon, Hamden-Sydney, and Bridgewater, and Washington-Lee. I want to see ODAC in your school colors on the 25-yard line. I actually emailed Conditioner um, Frankston about this. Mm-hmm. Never got back to me, but I understand. <laughs> I mean, I understand. Very busy man. Fair enough. Fair enough. But um, – I definitely think it would bring more of that big game or it, big fight feel to it. It would feel that big – it would bring that college football D1 feel to it. Absolutely. To a smaller school. You know, I get it. It's not D1 football. We can't make it D1 football. Yeah. But if you can just dress it up to make it look like D1 football. Well, I mean, ultimately, the, all of the fields have an NCAA logo on them for a reason. Like, it, it's still college football. It's still college football. So, I just want to see, like, an old, like a like a gold with a black – Odak outline oh, on dude, that would be so sick. on the twenty five yard line of the farm, or that black with so a gold sick. outline, oh, yeah. or alternate. You know, I want to I want to see that on on the, on the football field at Farham. And well, maybe sure. they'll hear this and think, yeah, we should do that. But hey, I don't know. I mean, you never know. Show show your conference pride. You're proud to be in the Odak. It's yeah. the it is the largest. I think one of or the largest D three. One of if not yeah the D three uh, athletic conference, not football, but athletic conference. For sure. In the nation. I mean, 17 teams, yeah. Yeah. So, or 17 athletic programs, 17 programs. So, well, I think we have finally reached an end to this very long episode one, but I hope y'all enjoy it. I told Cole when we started this that I would like to make long episodes because I'm one of those people that when I work, or I like I like to listen to it on those long drives I have, or uh, just like to listen to, to it throughout the day, just in bits and pieces. So. Absolutely. Um like we said in our introduction, you can catch us anywhere you can get your podcast, um, Spotify, Apple Play, YouTube, uh, Bits on YouTube. Bits on YouTube. So we'll take like what we think people will like the most is we'll definitely put conference realignment up there. I know y'all. For sure. Those are That's going to get a lot of hits. People, For sure. People will like to just yeah. watch the opinions, I guess. Not Absolutely. saying that like, oh, we're big shots and everybody wants to hear what we have to say, but... Um, yeah, you can catch us anywhere you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, make sure to follow our brand spanking new Instagram. Yes, and shout out to Owen Davis Spellman. Shout, shout out, well, not, not shout out to me, but shout out to my wonderful, beautiful girlfriend, Sarah Ellis, for making that awesome, awesome logo of ours. Oh, of course. If you have not seen it, please check it out. It is, it is dope. It's pretty cool. Um, not to brag or anything, but you know. Um, so, <coughs> <laughs> but check it out, please. You know, follow us on Instagram, on Twitter. We tweet things, if not every day, every other day. I've tried to put Bullshit. something out. Um, We're it, gonna have a lot more fan uh, involvement. We're gonna have a lot more polls. Yes. Hopefully, we will not have to talk about legally blonde again. Uh, Sarah Ellis, <laughs> if you are listening to this bit, um, that was not a challenge. Please do not. Darling, this is that was all Cole talking. It's not me. 
So don't um, listen to him. I don't, don't mind listen. talking about Legally Blonde, but if, if y'all don't want to hear about Legally Blonde, then comment some other stuff for us to uh, us to say. Yeah, yeah. Comment. We want feedback. Give us feedback. We would appreciate it most definitely. So, all right. Alrighty. See y'all next week. All Comes right. out Friday, like twelve a.m. ish. Um, we'll have it edited. Uh, it'll come out Friday at twelve a.m. ish, just so that way people can wake up in the morning, listen to it, and just listen to it throughout the day. So, uh, absolutely. So yeah, y'all enjoy week one of college football, and uh, one of us or either both of us are going to come back sad or really happy. Um, if LSU loses to UCLA. I, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. Yes. Anyway, catch you guys next week. Uh, hope you have a good one. As always, college football is back, baby.